Chapter 38 of Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alex Karaz Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them by Harold Ward Carrington Chapter 38 Physical Phenomena The Physical Phenomena of Spiritualism as distinct from the mental or psychical phenomena, are those which relate to the physical world and in which some mechanical or physical movement of matter takes place. In clairvoyance, for example, no such physical phenomena occur, so far as we can see, but if a table be lifted into the air by supernormal means, we here come into contact with mechanical and physical forces, and with these we have to reckon. Phenomena with Physical Contact we must begin at the beginning in treating of physical phenomena and go back, first of all, to those which involve some form of contact. Doubtless you have seen performances of so-called mind readers who found lost articles which were hidden in various parts of the room or hall, when one who knew their hiding place held the psychic's hand or placed it to his forehead, etc. In most of these performances it is not mind reading at all, strictly speaking, which we see but what is technically known as muscle reading, that is, the faint, unconscious twitchings of the muscles of the person holding the psychic's hand are felt and interpreted by him, consciously or unconsciously, and these guide him to the spot where the article is hidden. Incredible as it may appear, this is the correct explanation of these cases, and you may easily test it for yourself by asking a group of your friends to hide some object while you are out of the room, and then when you enter to give you one of their hands. If now you concentrate on the faint pullings and pushings which they will give you, you'll be enabled to find the article in nine cases out of ten. Of course, this, like everything else, improves with practice, and you must not expect to be an expert on the first trial. Some performers who have had years of experience grow so proficient in this, however, that they are enabled to open safes whose combinations they do not know, or merely holding the hand of one who does, or even drive a cab along the streets of a crowded city while blindfolded and holding the hand of one who can see the vehicles on the street. The Development of Independent Force and Power The next step is in planchette writing, where the hand, as before explained, moves at first as the result of unconscious muscular action. After a time, however, some psychic force seems to be developed and the board often continues to move about even after the hands of the operator are removed from it. Beyond this again, we have those cases of so-called dousing, where the forked hazel twig bends to and fro in the hands of the water finder when he walks over water and metals. The simple movements which are felt at first are probably due to muscular twitchings, but as the force develops, it seems to become more independent and the twig is bent in spite of the efforts to hold it. Table Tipping and Levitations The next class of physical phenomena are those with the table. A group sits around an ordinary table and can tilt and tip it, as many have doubtless seen. The first simple movements here, as formerly, are probably due to the unconscious muscular pressure of those having their hands on the table. But later on, as the psychic force develops and charges the table, it seems to assume an independent character and the table often continues to move when all hands are withdrawn from it. In fact, as an expert psychic student has pointed out, 
In many instances, and especially under unfavorable conditions, the phenomena do not rise above the initial stage of simple, non-intelligent movements, leaving the impression on the minds of the investigators that the force exhibited is, if at present unknown and unaccounted for, nevertheless a natural and mechanical one, and that the action of independent intelligence in connection with it cannot be conceived. This has been the experience and has been the verdict of even scientific inquirers, who have not hesitated to give that verdict to the world. How the power increases. Such a conclusion is based upon inaccurate knowledge and upon imperfect and superficial observation. All experienced psychic students are aware that it is often only after repeated and prolonged sittings that the full development of the psychic force is obtained and that independent intelligence is exhibited in connection with it, and that in by far the larger number of instances that stage of the experiment is never reached at all. That it is, however, the ultimate issue of the experiment is now admitted by all patient and painstaking students, who have devoted sufficient time to the observation of the phenomena and who have carried on their investigations with an open mind and in a systematic manner. As will be seen later on, it is fully admitted that the mysterious force, thus called into operation in some unknown way, issues from the physical organism of the sensitive and the sitters, and is in itself an unintelligent force. But it is with equal confidence asserted that when it is available in sufficient quantity and is wholly detached from the physical organism, it can be and beyond all doubt is frequently manipulated by intelligences, independent of and other than that of the psychic and the investigators assisting in the experiment. How Physical Phenomena Are Produced The principle upon which many physical phenomena are based, then, is simply this. There is a vital or a nervous force existing in many of us, as described in an earlier chapter, which is usually limited to the surface of our own bodies, so that unless we touch the object in question, we cannot move it. Under certain conditions, however, this vital energy or fluid is capable of being projected outward beyond the normal bodily limits into space, and when powerful enough, is capable of moving physical objects with which it comes into contact. Or, if it be a rapid outward projection of this force, it produces percussive sounds or raps well known to spiritualists. This psychic force is often uncontrolled, and then objects are moved without the knowledge of and even against the wish of the medium. We then have the so-called spontaneous poltergeist phenomena, etc. At other times, this force may be guided and manipulated by the conscious or unconscious mind of the medium. Beyond this stage, again, is one in which the medium is unconscious of what is occurring, having passed into trance, etc. And it is then that many of the most striking physical phenomena occur. At such times, complicated and intelligent physical manifestations are produced which are not due either to the mind of the medium or to any person present. Externalized Vital Energy We here enter the realm of genuine physical phenomena produced by spirit intelligences. Most of the communications are obtained through raps following a code. Playing upon musical instruments, etc., are due to this source. In other words, after a certain point has been reached, the externalized vital energy or psychic power of the medium is manipulated by an external intelligence and they can even create forms or phantoms by utilizing it, as will be explained in the chapter devoted to materialization. Controlling the Phenomena 
Very interesting experiments have been conducted in the past in controlling these physical phenomena, but not much success has been attained in this direction. There is here a wide field for experiment which the thoughtful student might enter. Thus, on one occasion, a medium who has had the power of producing raps was hypnotized, and it was suggested that raps should be produced at will according to the suggestion of the hypnotist. This was completely successful. It was also suggested that wraps be obtained in any article of furniture which the hypnotist would suggest. This also succeeded. The range and variety of physical phenomena are very great, including manifestations such as wraps, table levitations, movement of objects without contact, playing upon musical instruments without apparent cause, spirit and thought photography, materialization, slate writing, trumpet phenomena, etc. The Effect of Light All physical phenomena seem to be hindered very largely by light, either daylight or artificial light, and they can very rarely be produced except in darkness. Should you attempt to obtain phenomena of this character, therefore, it would be well for you to sit in the darkness, especially at first, and then request that more and more light be permitted as your power increases and the phenomena appear. Most mediums begin their development by seating themselves in a cabinet in a darkened room, and often it is necessary to sit in this way for every evening for several weeks or even months before any phenomena appear. If you are naturally psychic, however, and physical phenomena are going to be manifested through your mediumship, you would doubtless only have to sit for a fraction of this time in order for the first manifestations to make themselves felt and probably afterwards you would be so interested in the process that you would not count the time you spent in your development. First Symptoms and Phenomena It is probable that the first indications of phenomena of this character you will receive are tiny spots of light which form before you in space, and either suddenly appear or remain stationary for some time, and then join themselves together forming one larger light. As time progresses you will see that this light cloudy mass will become more and more definite in outline and shape, and will probably begin to assume the shape of a phantom or form standing before you. When this stage has been reached, you should concentrate your receptive faculties and endeavor to get on rapport with this form, for such it now is, and after a time you will be doubtless be able to establish more or less intelligent mental communication and exchange messages. This will usually appear before physical phenomena become manifest though in certain cases it may be later on. Dr. Baraduc of Paris succeeded on several occasions in photographing those groups of light or masses of matter which thus floated before him, and the student who has once succeeded in receiving manifestations of a like nature might well conduct similar experiments if he be sufficiently alert and able to do so. If not, a friend who is with him and has attended his process of development might endeavor to take these photographs at the moment when the psychic states they are vividly present before him. There are thus two ways of cultivating physical mediumship. One is to sit in the dark, the other is to experiment more or less consciously in light or semi-darkness, and when a certain amount of power has been gained in this direction, to endeavor to transfer or carry this over into the dark seance and to transmit this power to a spirit who will thenceforth utilize it and by its aid produce physical phenomena. Developing in the Dark If you sit for physical development in the dark, you are never sure what kind of phenomena you are to obtain. In a seance this is beneficial, 
since you should never aim to get one type of phenomenon. As before explained, for if you do, you shut out by your attitude all other phenomena which might spontaneously develop. At the same time, it is always satisfactory for the beginner to be able to control his phenomena a little, especially at first, and for this reason the second method of experimentation is advisable, and if desired might be carried out at the same time as the other method of development, so that the two progress side by side. If you sit in the dark, you should by all means provide yourself with a cabinet since this will tend to concentrate the force and much less energy will have to be expended by you for the production of any phenomena you may obtain. Also, you should abstain from using your will or thinking consciously of practical everyday affairs. Make the mind a blank, holding only the thought of self and await results. How to develop in the light. In developing your power for the production of physical phenomena along the other line mentioned, it is best to begin with the simple experiments and gradually work up to the more complicated ones. For example, begin with a planchette or Ouija board, placing the tips of the fingers on the board, and after it has begun to move rapidly to and fro or round and round, very gradually withdraw the hand and see whether or not the board continues to move about. Again, when the table has begun to tip and rise into the air, two or three legs, as a result of placing your hands upon it, Gradually withdraw your fingers and see whether the table remains suspended, or when it is at its highest point and you feel that it is thoroughly charged with your fluid, drop the whole force of your being into your will and see if you cannot levitate the table completely from the floor. Again, if wraps are coming on the table upon which your hands rest, see if these cannot be obtained when your hands are removed a fraction of an inch from its surface, and if they are, Endeavor to produce wraps by making a motion towards the table as though hitting it, stopping short a quarter or half an inch above its surface. If you are successful, a wrap or a sound in the tabletop will come following this movement. Instruments for testing your power. A number of simple devices have been constructed with the object of testing mediumship in its early stages, and one or two of these you can make at home, and this would prove very helpful to you. Thus, you might suspend a small pitch or cork ball by means of a silk thread five or six inches long from a hook. If now you place the fingers of one hand almost touching this ball and leave it there for some moments, you may, if successful, succeed in causing this ball to move either towards or away from your fingers as you will. This is a very useful little experiment which may be tried on many occasions and will be found very beneficial in developing simple physical phenomena. Another device which may be employed is the following. Procure a straw, such as used at the soda fountains, and pass a needle through it directly in the center. Press the lower end of the needle into a large, flat cork. See that the straw revolves easily upon the slightest pressure. Place your fingers nearly touching one end of the straw and will that it shall move either to the right or to the left. This instrument has proved very successful in many cases and will probably prove more sensitive than the last. There are more complicated scientific instruments which have been devised to test the externalization of the human fluid and the power of the will. These instruments have been used with great benefit by many scientific students. How to begin. When the student has progressed thus far, he is ready to try his first experiment in the movement of physical objects lying on his table. Begin with a very small, light object such as a cork. Do not choose any metal object. Place the fingertips of both hands on either side of the object nearly touching it. 
wait until you feel distinct tingling sensations in the fingers, and if this sensation extends to the elbows or even to the shoulders, so much the better. Endeavor to construct by your will and imagination, so to speak, a fine thread or hair composed of psychic rays passing between your fingers and supporting the object in question. Concentrate on this for some moments before you make any physical movement. Then, very slowly raise the fingers and see whether the cork is influenced to follow the upper directions of your fingers. If so, you have begun your course of physical mediumship. As this initial experiment is very important, it would be well to dwell upon it at somewhat greater length, since nothing is so discouraging to the beginner as innumerable tests and experiments of this kind which fail one after the other. Of course, perfectly non-mediumistic persons will con continue to fail, but your natural psychics will not. How to obtain the first phenomena. We have seen in an earlier chapter that the aura extends from the body and particularly the fingertips and that the human fluid is capable of projection at will. Now it is this fluid which is the basis or substance out of which the psychic threads or rays are spun and these threads when they have stretched from fingers to finger and gained sufficient solidity are capable of lifting quite heavy objects. Dr. Ochorovitz who has studied these rays for years, calls them rigid rays, and asserts that his medium, Mademoiselle Tomchik, can by an effort of will construct a psychic thread so strong that it can be heard scraping against solid objects and even seen occasionally. Yet it does not exist as a physical reality, for the space between the fingers and the object may be cut without severing the connection. Now these psychic threads are woven not of a physical but of etheric or astral matter. And as we do not know as yet how to mold or manipulate this accurately, we have to do the best we can by the power of the human will. The process to be followed, therefore, is first, vivid imaginary construction of these rays or threads, second, projection of the vital fluid, and third, the weaving of this together into the rigid rays by an effort of will. If the student can follow this process and persistently carry out the instructions, he will doubtless succeed in time in moving small, light objects, that is, if he is at all gifted with this phase of mediumship. How to Construct the Vital Threads of Rigid Rays The details of this process may now be given. First of all, place yourself in a relaxed, restful condition. Then think intently of the threads or rays which you wish to produce. Imagine these just like any other threads coming from your fingertips and becoming more and more dense and solid as they emerge. Think of the strips of fluid you saw between your fingertips in trying the experiments mentioned in chapter 25 devoted to the human fluid. When you have formed these vital rays clearly in your mind and have them all ready to project, so to say, extend the fingers and by a strong effort of will endeavor to project this energy into the space beyond the fingertips. After a very few trials you will doubtless begin to do so. This you will feel in the form of pins and needles sensations in the fingertips. They will also get warm, perhaps perspire. When this second stage has been reached, you are ready to proceed with the third. The fluid thus projected is not in the form of rigid rays or threads, but rather a vaporous mass, a soft cloud, if the term be allowed, and you must toughen and strengthen this by willpower. After the projection has taken place, think and will intently that this shall happen, and this happening, and at the same time, imagine your consciousness in your fingertips themselves molding and toughening these vital rays. If you do this, you will surely succeed in time, provided you go at the exercise in the right manner 
and stick to it persistently. Transferring the power. When the student has progressed thus far, the final step must be taken, namely the transferring of this power to the control of a spirit or outside intelligence. This is a very delicate and subtle process, which is very little understood even by mediums. The best process is gradually to develop the power of going into trance coincidentally with the development of these physical phenomena. Once you have gained the power of projecting your fluid at will and moving material objects by its aid, which is probably attained by an extreme effort of will, you should endeavor to hand over this manipulative power to another intelligence. You cannot do this consciously, so you can only hope that the transference will take place when you have passed into trance. You should endeavor, therefore, to pass into trance while actually conducting the above-mentioned experiments, and the proof of the fact that this transference does take place is found in the fact that the most striking physical phenomena at a seance always occurs when the medium is in deep trance. The deeper the trance, the better the phenomena. In other words, the more the medium's will is in abeyance, the more opportunity is there given to the external will of the spirit to become active and bring about the required results. This fact is very strikingly proved by nearly all the best physical mediums in the history of spiritualism. Gathering Vital Energy from the Circle If you are unable to move material objects alone, you may perhaps be enabled to do so after gathering strength from others. You may do this either by forming a chain and gathering this energy by an effort of will before you make your experiment, or by placing your hands in position and asking the two members of the chain nearest to you to place their hands upon your temples, or one on your forehead, and the other over the solar plexus. In this way, a vital magnetic current is established, which may greatly add to your powers and enable you to move objects and produce phenomena where you would otherwise fail. End of chapter 38. Recording by Alex Caraz.